1: What's going on, weirdos? It's your boy, Andrew.
0: And Stephanie.
1: And welcome to the History for Weirdos podcast, episode numero 8.
0: Yes, and we are so happy to have you listening and to be eight episodes in. So far, this podcast has been, like, such a source of fun for the two of us.
1: It really has. And yeah. hopefully it's been fun t- for you guys listening exactly. in. Exactly, yeah. I really hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please keep listening.
1: Please keep listening. Please clap. <laughs> So, you know, this is actually interesting because I don't know I don't I have no clue what you're talking about. Like I always have like a little bit of an inkling, but like, you know, but this time I just I know absolutely nothing. You've kept it a really good secret. I've
0: actually told you what I'm doing. Before. I was
1: drunk, okay? No,
0: you weren't.
1: Okay, maybe I wasn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of excuse is that? You're just, you know I'm a
1: terrible husband, I guess. <laughs>
0: I didn't say it, so. <laughs> no, you're the best husband, oh, but goodness. I have I have mentioned it in passing. You must have just not been listening or forgotten or something. Yeah. So either way, I'm glad that there's an air of mystery here. That's true. I am um, doing the story of a woman named Bessie Stringfield.
1: Bessie's not Springfield, but Stringfield. I keep
0: wanting to say Springfield. Whoa. Yeah, that's a, or String Cheese. It's either one of those two.
1: Yeah, the string cheese is definitely more you. I feel like I love cheese. Yeah.
0: Um. So, I'm going to jump in with my sources. Unlike someone. Yeah,
1: you know what? I did that last week, and. Uh, <laughs> I huge pat on the back for myself <laughs> for for not forgetting my sources. So you know, I take offense to we that. We got to
0: do it right at the top, so that no one, for even a remote second, thinks that we are coming
1: up with this for, like ourselves. Yeah,
0: or that we actually know things on our own without googling them, <laughs> because that's false. So I got the information on Bessie Stringfield from the a website that I actually referred to. I think in the first. Episode I did. Oh, uh, rejected princesses.
1: Oh, this is the Kudium. yeah. Yes,
0: um, I got my info from Wikipedia as well, and this really amazing uh, New York Times obituary. Like it's kind of like an obituary, kind of an article, mm-hmm. and it's a series called Overlooked No More in the New York oh, Times. Okay, and um, this article's title is Overlooked No More: Bessie B. Stringfield, the Motorcycle Queen of Miami by Nikita Stewart.
1: Oh, my goodness. So
0: that gives you a little hint into why we've got this wonderful weirdo, Bessie Stringfield, this week.
1: A motorcycle queen. Yes. Ooh, I like this already.
0: hmm So similar to the episode that I did on Kuriyun that we just referenced... I think Bessie Stringfield was appropriate for our podcast because she's a weirdo in, like, the good sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And that in in the context of, like, her time, she was just a badass, but people thought she was really weird for, for being herself. Yeah,
1: this is actually probably, like, a person, when we first came up with the idea of this podcast, yes. it would be like, this would have been an ideal person.
0: Yeah, I think before we even, like, fully solidified the idea of doing history for weirdos... We were just talking about it. I don't think we had a name or anything. I knew that I'd wanna I wanted to touch on this woman because I read something about her once, so
1: That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You get to tell the story then.
0: Exactly. Thank you. So to explain her weirdness further, like mm. to, to give us a little bit of context, I wanna read um, the opening quote of that New York Times article mm-hmm. by Nikita Stewart. Okay. So Stewart writes somewhere between myth, memory, and motorcycles Bessie B. Stringfield was great. In the 1950s, when women were relegated to housework, either in marriage or as domestics, Stringfield was married several times and worked as a maid, yet revved and roared through Florida's palm tree-lined streets on her Harley Davidson, earning the unofficial title of Motorcycle Queen of Miami.
1: Oh my God! So she was writing a book. Mo- oh my! In the fifties, mm-hmm. like in the nineteen fifties, when you think of like, like you
0: think of the stereotypical housewife or like, um, like a domestic worker.
1: Exactly, like coming home, you know, yeah. like the man coming home from work and mm-hmm. living in a cookie cutter house. Yeah, the the food's already on the table. Exactly, you know, the super, two brats running around.
0: Yeah, crazy strict um, gender roles. Crazy strict concepts of of race. Of yeah. Sex of everything, and she she defied a lot of those barriers. So wow. yeah, she was Bessie Stringfield was the first African American woman to ride across the United States solo and Whoa. she was one of the few civilian motorcycle dispatch riders for the US Army during World War II. Whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, so she was just amazing. So I'm gonna start with her backstory. okay. So one of the interesting things about Bessie is the mystery surrounding her early life, actually. Bessie Mm -hmm. herself contributed to conflicting accounts about where she came from originally, claiming she was born in Jamaica to a Jamaican father and white Dutch mother, also telling people that her mom had died and that her dad had left and that she was raised by Irish-American adoptive parents. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so there's she, her early life is just shrouded in mystery. So what I believe is the more accurate story, though, mm-hmm. is that she was born Beatrice White to two African-American pa- parents named Maggie Cherry, which isn't that such a cute name? Maggie
1: Cherry. Isn't that
0: such a cute name?
1: <laughs> That's an amazing name.
0: Yeah, and her father was James White, and she would have been born in Edenton, North Carolina. Mm, okay. So I wrote here, like, in my notes, there's, like, I wrote a list of fun facts about her birthday slash potential lies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Potential lies. Potential
0: (laughs) lies. So one thing is that it was publicly believed that she was born in February.
1: Okay. Like you. Like me.
0: February of 1911, just like you also.
1: Just like me. I'm also (laughs) over 100 years old.
0: With the name Betsy Leonora Ellis. Okay. So that's her guest birthday. Jeez. The death certificate, however, says she was born in March of 1911.
1: I'm going to go with February. It's a better month.
0: Okay. You're yeah, biased. I'm biased. There's no, I'm not. also I'm a social security record saying she was born in March of 1912. Hmm. And it was a surviving niece of Bessie's that later told the New York Times that Bessie had lied about a lot of her origin stories, <laughs> including her birthday. And in 1996, a woman oh, named wow. a woman named Ann Ferrar, um, she wrote this really cool book about female motorcyclists, and it, okay. it was titled "Hear Me Roar."
1: Oh, it's super interesting. cool! And yeah. she
0: references Bessie, and Ferrar perpetuates some of the quote-unquote tall tales about Bessie's early life. So, okay. So, this is a quote from Anne Ferrar, the author of the book "Hear Me Roar." Bessie's running from her early past does not discount or in any way lessen her unusual achievements as an adult. And that is why Bessie continues to inspire new generations, and rightfully so. She asked me to tell her truth as a friend. So for me, that says that—so Anne Farrar Farrar kind of covers multiple iconic female motorcyclists in this book, Mm -hmm. and she knew Bessie personally and interviews her for the book— and I think what she's letting us know here is that, yeah, a lot of it was lies, and we know that. But it's like lies about her parents. You know, yeah, those lies don't take away from like her achievements. It's not like she lied about the work she did.
1: Yeah, it, it, I, that's also very. That's very poignant. Mm-hmm. And also, it is it, it does it is interesting. Like, why would she lie about the innocuous things? Like,
0: I I would uh, Big, big major assumption because who knows. Mm -hmm. But for those that don't know, I am getting my master's in social work, so I do therapy. And my gut tells me that there's something traumatic or difficult in her Mm. childhood that would make her kind of make it a little more fantastical or a little more unique or a little more whatever feels right for her. But again, I have no idea. Right. You're
1: just theorizing.
0: Yes, this is speculation- but sometimes we do that when things are hard or not so pretty. We kind of embellish or just straight up lie so that it's a little easier to swallow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in that, if if that were to be the case, which again we don't know, it makes me empathize with her <sighs> even more. Definitely. Yeah, and like Farrar said, she's still a freaking badass. So. Yeah,
1: like this, those things, events, like we know they happen.
0: Yeah. Who cares if she was born in 1911 or 1912?
1: It doesn't yeah. matter. It's very true.
0: Um, so Bessie married and divorced six times.
1: (laughs) 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 All right, babe, I I, I gotta beat that, so... uh, Wait, it
0: gets better. She always married younger men. (laughs) Oh, wow. And during one interview, when she was 70 years old, Bessie said, I wouldn't have a man over 35, even now. Bad ass.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, so...
0: Goals, Bessie. So,
1: I mean, that means I... am you know, when I'm 70, I'm, I can't have a you know, woman over 35, so... Um. Oh,
0: good luck with that, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. Aww, <laughs> she knew the grief of multiple miscarriages with her Oof. first husband, which must have been so painful. Yeah. And she kept the last name of her third husband, Arthur Stringfield. So, hmm. interesting. I don't know why. I don't know if she was, like, particularly fond of him or maybe just got tired of changing her last name. Right. <laughs> So in regards to how Bessie got into motorcycles, in 1928, at the age of 16, I know Stringfield taught herself to ride her first motorcycle.
1: That's pretty badass because that's like that's hard.
0: Uh, It's so hard. I'd be so scared. I don't know when
1: I was like I don't know how old I was when I rode a bike, but like eight or something. I don't know. Like Uh when I taught myself how to ride a bike, or not taught myself, but had my parents teach me or grandparents. Like that was hard.
0: Imagine also like. Being a 16-year-old
1: like woman, woman yeah. where no girl. one... Yeah,
0: a young girl. You're a kid. No one is expecting you to hop on a freaking motorcycle for any reason whatsoever. No, so it takes, never. Yeah, it takes a lot of initiative to be like, I'm going to teach myself how to do this.
1: Seriously. I'd be
0: too scared to get on one even now. In 1930, at the age of 19... She started long-distance traveling on her bike across the United States at the age of 19. At the age of 19. She would just take off on her own, on her bike, and just travel.
1: That's. Well, I mean, that's pretty badass.
0: Yeah. That's, like, the theme of her life, I think. Just being just badass. badass. <laughs> yeah. And during this time, she earned money from pers- performing motorcycle stunts in carnival shows.
1: Do you think that paid well?
0: No. I'm sure it didn't pay well at all, but, like, it's that probably got her enough to, like eat and stay in motels or whatever, yeah. which I'm going to, um, get to in a second because infamously it's known that because Bessie was black, she was often not allowed to stay at motels while traveling. So everyone knew that she would sleep on her motorcycle in like a gas station cause it was well lit. Oh my God. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. People just didn't even want with, they didn't want to take her money. They didn't want to let her stay there because she, she was a black woman. Wow. Mm-hmm. So she was, I mean, she was dealing with so much and still like didn't let it, I'm sure it was difficult mm-hmm. and painful and stuck with her, but she didn't let their BS keep her from doing what she loved, which was riding her motorcycle and doing these cool like performances. Yeah.
1: Good for her. Yeah.
0: Good for her. I just, also, like, motorcycle stunts at 19, just going from carnival to carnival. Like, hey, I can do really cool, like, flips on my motorcycle. I know.
1: I, I'm, like, I think that's just hitting me now, that she was doing, like, stunts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, at 19 years old.
0: Yeah, and I don't actually know what a lot of motorcycle stunts look like, but I have this image of, like...
1: Like, long jumps. Yes, long like jumps. Like Knievel. Over, uh-huh. Yeah. Like,
0: over things. Like, yeah, over exactly. a car or something. So, I think that's what she did. I mean, that
1: sounds... Also, it sounds incredibly dangerous.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Incredibly dangerous, and she was really good at it. But because she was a woman, they often wouldn't give her a prize if she won the competition. Wow. What
1: the hell is wrong with these people?
0: So she very quickly figured out she had to enter the competition posing as a man. So she'd, like, hide her hair, or she'd walk up wearing her helmet and, like, her biker outfit and just, like, enroll in the in the stunt show. And then she'd win, and then she'd take off her helmet and show them all that she was a woman. And most of the time, the crowd would be outraged, and she'd get disqualified. That's
1: so absurd.
0: What the hell? Dude, like
1: I feel like these people are just, like...
0: Wouldn't you be impressed? Yeah.
1: Like, I mean... Also, like, why... Like... Seriously, why are you outraged? Like, don't you not have like anything better going on in your lives?
0: Exactly. Than to be mad that someone's really good at something. Yeah. And she's a woman.
1: Dude, seriously, I had I have way too much crap going on in my life to care would to even remotely care about that.
0: I know. It shows just what um I mean, we still struggle with these issues today, but what a different world she was facing.
1: Yeah. That's true. So it really
0: puts into perspective how how much she must have loved doing what she did.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. To that's like, a really good point. To
0: keep going against all odds, like people were mad at her for being black, people were mad at her for being a woman. Like she could not catch a break, and she I was know. like, "Why
1: can't she?" Like, I mean, God, being black and a woman, geez, why can't she just change that? <laughs> yeah,
0: just pick something else, Bessie. Gosh. <laughs> so, during World War II. Stringfield served as a civilian courier for the U.S. Army, okay. carrying documents between domestic army bases. She completed the rigorous training and was the only female rider in her unit. Wow. It must have been really hard for them to even like admit her into doing this.
1: Yeah, she was woman and black. Yeah. In the 40s.
0: But they must have just really needed couriers, and she was so skilled. Yeah. So she rode her own blue Harley-Davidson. And during the four years that she worked for the army, she crossed the United States eight times.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's man, you also have those cross-country trips, man, you must just see some beautiful sights.
0: Oh my gosh. Can you can you imagine? Yeah. We have it's a very beautiful country. Yeah. We need to see more of it. So, unsurprisingly though, during mm-hmm. these trips, she regularly encountered a lot of racism. And there is this one like really um infamous story that Lots of folks heard of um, a white man saw her driving on on the road on her bike while she was working for the U.S. Army in the South, and he he was in his car and he drove her off the road and made her crash.
1: Wow! So this dude's racism is like, I'm literally going to like derail our war effort because I'm such a jackass. He
0: maybe he probably didn't know that's what she was doing that she was. Driving no. as a courier because she, like I said, she drove her own blue Harley. But he, his racism was so profound that it just led him to almost kill someone for driving,
1: like driving a vehicle
0: near him and his vehicle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> I don't even have words for that man. That's, right. That's just that's just that's just nuts.
0: I couldn't imagine nuts. what that's like.
1: Literally can't either.
0: Yeah. But, again, like, she kept going. Every single time Hell she yeah. literally would get knocked down, she never stopped.
1: Man, she was, she was definitely, like, an OG weirdo.
0: Yes. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> so, for her time in Miami, that's where she eventually settled down. And that's where she started. Nice. Yeah. Really pretty place to settle down. Seriously. And she became a nursing assistant. And she was known for getting really close to the families that she worked for. and That's like, cool. Yeah, a lot of the community actually just, she was a very loved figure. She was really warm and charismatic and told all these really cool crazy stories of life on the road mm-hmm. that just charmed people.
1: Oh, I bet.
0: So eventually she saved enough money to buy her own home. Okay. In Miami, and she turned it into a biker house.
1: Oh my God.
0: Isn't that so cool? That's
1: really cool. So
0: it was just like, from what I read, it sounds like it was just the spot where like pa- bikers, like chill bikers, I'd imagine, like passing through could just crash at her place.
1: Wow, that's really nice.
0: Yeah. That's very
1: like generous of her.
0: I know. And it just, again, shows how much she loved doing what she did.
1: Uh, yeah, this must have been like her, like her complete like passion.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. It would be cool. We should have, um, we should turn our house into a biker house.
1: I do not think so.
0: Okay. Our 550 <laughs>
1: square foot apartment.
0: Yeah. You, me, Stella and Delta, the dog and the bird, and mm. then just like a handful of bikers passing through.
1: They'll just, I don't even think there's room like on the carpet for them to sleep. Like maybe like <laughs> someone would have to sleep on the tile in their kitchen.
0: <laughs> it would be cool.
1: Yeah. It would be crowded.
0: Yes. It would be cool Probably and crowded. Probably very dirty. Okay. Yeah. So it's a maybe. It's a maybe. <laughs> and then while in Miami, she was also famous for um, every year, she would just like get all of her biker friends to come visit from across the country. And they would do a parade, through the <laughs> street, like a biker parade through the streets of Miami. And mind you, at this point, she is like an elderly woman
1: yeah that's right yeah
0: this is not when she's still young in her 20s like her youth was either doing carnival tricks or working for the army
1: yeah because okay you said she was born in ni- like 19 19- 1911 1912. or
0: 1912 so let's just yeah. say
1: 1912 is probably the more official date so mm-hmm. like 1912 like the, when she was in the army like she's already 30 like during world war ii mm-hmm. like early and then early 30s working for world war ii so yeah you're right like was this like the 50s now
0: I actually you know, that's a really good question. I didn't see a date for when she officially settled down.
1: But yeah, I guess you could say like she's at least absolutely she's at least at least at least in her forties at yeah. this point and mm-hmm. probably fifties. And
0: she spends the rest of her life doing exactly this, running a biker house and leading these parades. Dude. Like until she passes away. She's she's doing this.
1: That's so. kinda awesome.
0: Yeah. So she continued writing Harleys specifically.
1: Mm, okay. She
0: knew what she liked. She liked a good Harley. And she ultimately owned 27. 27? 27. Okay, where do
1: you, we didn't have 27 bikes. Like, where do you put them? Like, because, I, I mean, even rich people have, like, garages that can only fit, like, I mean, I would imagine, like, less than that.
0: I wonder if it wasn't, like, 27 all at once.
1: Or it was, like... Throughout her life.
0: Right, but I, st- I would think but even that at- sounds, like, wasteful, so I think she must have owned, like, a dozen at a time.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. it could have been up to, like, yeah, like, a dozen, but still, like, you have to have a big-ass garage for that. I know, Maybe like- just, like, on her front yard, like, she just, have, like, all <laughs> parked in a row. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so tacky. Front yard <laughs> to
0: backyard, around the house, it's just surrounded in Harleys. Oh,
1: that's amazing, though. Oh, my God. and
0: with other bikers coming to stay at her house.
1: May- also, street parking back then... It's Would've not like better. LA today. Yeah.
0: Oh my god! Oh, we have what we have a neighbor who is the best person ever. Yes, but he just always has cars. <laughs> yeah.
1: Jerry, Jerry. He has
0: so many cars, and we always joke whenever we see like a new car like parked in front or whatever. Like, oh, it must be his, and it is like every yeah. time. It's
1: seriously, I'm, like, i like mean, we've seen this guy. He's owned like at least a couple dozen. Yeah, by the entire time we've lived here. Yeah, and we've you lived know, here like two years. Owned one and then sold it. It's like yeah. his neat, neat little hobby. And he
0: told me the other day, actually, that he keeps some at um, his garage at work. They <laughs> like they're not even all here. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what a
1: champ, Jerry. Yeah.
0: I guess when you know what you love, you yeah, stick with it. That's true. So she would even, as an old woman, like she was known in Miami for like riding up to church on her Harley and like always bringing a different Harley to church like every week.
1: Oh, my gosh. So just, like,
0: roaring up there.
1: That's so cool.
0: She would be very extra, as the Utes would say. Extra,
1: definitely. (laughs) She sounds very extra.
0: Exactly. I mean
1: that in the best way, though.
0: Of course. Bessie was eventually diagnosed with an enlarged heart. Oh. And was forbidden to ride... Uh, her motorcycle ever again
1: okay, that's worse than a death sentence probably for her
0: by do- by doctors so yeah. obviously she did not listen
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's like, like, I'm like I'm gonna die I'm gonna die my terms
0: exactly. I love that so much. They were like, you cannot ride your motorcycle. I don't know why like riding a motorcycle would be particularly strenuous on your heart
1: maybe adrenaline adre- like the adrenaline pumping.
0: Maybe I don't know. I've never ridden one. Maybe with
1: her though, it's like I mean, you've done it so many times. Like,
0: is it even adrenaline? Yeah, it's like like driving a car. car.
1: It's like sometimes you just zone out. You don't even know like what's happening.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. You're a little bit on autopilot. Yeah. So I don't know, but she, for whatever reason, um, was told this would impact her enlarged heart. She could Mm -hmm. never ride again, and she was like, "I'm going to keep doing it." (laughs)
1: Lol Rafflecopter.
0: So she, like I said earlier, she continued. Despite, like, medical problems, despite getting older, mm-hmm. she rode her motorcycles, led parades, had her biker gang until... <laughs> her biker gang? Yeah. seven like a 70-year-old woman? <laughs> yeah, she did. She had all of that up until the, the moment she passed away at the, the age of 82.
1: So, I mean, she, she still lived, like, a long life.
0: Yeah. 82 is, like, I mean, it's...
1: Especially for back then, I mean, you know.
0: Yes, especially for back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone that was born in 1912, like, I don't think their life expectancy was that long, actually. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So her legacy still continues, though. In 2000, the American Motorcyclist Association created the Bessie Stringfield Award, recognizing bikers who bring new communities into the motorcycle world. Oh, that's really neat. She's like the champion of diversity within the motorcycle yeah, community. Yeah, and, and even
1: like she didn't even tried it. It no. just happened.
0: That is like the coolest thing when you're not even trying to, to like innovate or to break a barrier, but just you being yourself and doing what you love. Yeah, is just innately opening like doors for other people.
1: That's really cool. You're right. Yeah, that's really awesome. So
0: that's why I'm so endeared to her. Um, In 2002, she was also inducted into the Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Oh, wow.
1: I didn't even know that was a thing, to be honest.
0: I didn't either, but we're not, like, big
1: hog people. (laughs) We're
0: not hogs people. We're not hogs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The hogs are the motorcycles. That's my bad. Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Clearly, we know what we're talking about here. Yes, we
1: know motorcycles. I know. There's, like, parts and Mm -hmm. tires and there's a steering thing.
0: And they go vroom, vroom.
1: They go, it's like, and they're loud. Yes. we were walking earlier today, God, those things were loud.
0: Yeah. So we, we passed, like, a little motorcycle crew, but they didn't seem as cool as Bessie. No,
1: they definitely were not as cool as Bessie. Right. Like, I can tell you right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that is the story of Bessie Stringfield, the first African-American woman to ride across the United States solo, and we thank her for breaking down so many barriers and being the weirdo of her time. You know what? Yay.
1: Yeah. Good for her. She sounded awesome. Like I know. she would have been like someone fun to like grab a beer with or like I, I don't know. Or be like, um, can I go on a motorcycle ride with you? But I have to I have to like hold on to you. You're behind. like holding on to like the <laughs> <Yeah>. 80-year-old woman. <laughs> yes. And you're
0: screaming the whole and time. I'm like, oh my God, slow down. Yeah. This is
1: me, you know, and I, I speed on the freeway.
0: Yeah. I've, so. I've been in a motorcycle, it's completely different though. Oh yeah. And it's probably so
1: I mean honestly though, it is it sounds like it would be scarier. Yeah. Because you're just like you know, if a car just isn't it paying your, attention... You're... your bare body. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You know who she reminds me of, though?
1: Who?
0: Um, skateboard Mama.
1: Skateboard Mama. Mm-hmm.
0: So I grew up uh, in a little beach bar here in Santa Monica, and I have, like, a bar family, and it's a really fun, sweet, eclectic group of human beings that I grew up around. I was, like, the baby, and...
1: <laughs> baby at the bar. <laughs> I was
0: the baby at the bar, from day one, and this woman who's a family friend, her name is Liz, but she is known as Skateboard Mama. You can Google her, and, like, yeah. she comes up, and she was a skateboarder, and she was an elderly woman, and she would windsurf, and she would rollerblade. Yeah, and like,
1: in her, even in her
0: 90s. Yes, mm-hmm, up until, like, she, you know, was close to passing away, which she passed away just a few years ago, she she was just kicking ass, And she taught me um, how to rollerblade when I was a little kid. That's
1: so cool. She was, like, low-key kind of famous.
0: She was pretty famous, actually, yeah. And she was just, like, the life of every party. Super thick German accent that got thicker as she got drunker, so it got really (laughs) hard to understand her. (laughs) But she was so kind and so cool and... I just love stories like that because it reminds you like you're never too old to do things that you like.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Do the so things true. that you want
0: to do or to learn something new. We
1: got to like model our lives after that.
0: Mhm. Exactly. So I hope you enjoyed that story, weirdos.
1: I definitely enjoyed that. That was that was a very entertaining story.
0: Good. I'm glad. And thank you all for listening. Do not forget to... What are the things?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, if you haven't subscribed by now, please hit that subscribe button so you can get new episodes the moment... I press upload.
0: Yeah, don't be rude. Subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please. Um, Leave a review if you haven't and if you think we are not total trash. Leave us a review. It helps uh, the algorithm. It helps other people find us who might also not think we're totally trash. And you can visit our website at historyforweirdos.com. You can find us on all the socials more or less uh, as... At History for Weirdos.
1: Yeah, at History for Weirdos uh, on Insta and Twitter. And
0: Twitter, which I um, I don't know if I've been posting to our Twitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're much more uh, active we're, on Instagram. We're
0: the most active on Instagram, but we promise weirdos. We want to connect with like the people that are listening, so we're going to get on it with like the social media game.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: We are grandparents though when it comes to social i know i'm
1: my job has been trying to figure out tiktok and i'm i I have failed like
0: (laughs) we're gonna enlist my 15 year old brother and my 11 year old sister to like run our social media yeah i'd be
1: like you guys are in charge of tiktok (laughs) apparently though like even um like the 15 year old brother Mm -hmm. he was saying he was telling me that he doesn't even really do tiktok it's like for like like your younger sister, the 11-year-old, really is into TikTok.
0: She's super into it. She's yeah. always sending me like really cute like hamster and pug and corgi videos. Oh, corgos. Yeah. So what did has what did Tommy say that he's into?
1: Like Instagram.
0: Suspicious. He doesn't post on Instagram.
1: Yeah, cuz that's like the new like cool like youngin thing. It's oh like to God. not post.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> well
1: we're grandparents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: on that note, Thank you so much for listening, and goodbye, weirdos.
1: Bye, weirdos.